Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open Africa another podcast. Another episode. Yes, we're here again. Wow. And my name is Furo. My name is Nosa. My name is Lalo. I'm sorry, what's I'm going on? I'm not sure what's happening today, <laughs> but clearly there's something in the air. Um, so in this episode, we'll be delving into, would I say, security, anti-money laundry, compliance. and combating financing of terrorism. So basically compliance within the tech ecosystem. There are a few, thing, there are a few things that have happened in recent... Rick's. Ricks. Ricks. Ricks management. <laughs> there are a few things that have happened recently in the ecosystem that we just thought we would like to discuss and shed a bit of light on. And so the first thing is Mono. So Mono, I believe, came out and announced that you, you, you could now access data your data from Trove, Chaka, and Bamboo. Bamboo. Um, and then in response to that, we saw Bamboo. comms go out from Bamboo saying that, and truth. <laughs> saying that they do not have any partnership with Mono um, and that they would and basically giving like a security disclaimer to clients explaining that, you know, you will be providing sensitive credentials and they cannot be held liable for whatever happens to you yeah. providing those credentials. Now, I know that this has been a long time issue with people providing this sort of API services like Mono and Okra because if you go on their website you'll see um, a whole bunch of logos right? Yeah. Traditional banks, fintechs, whatever now they don't actually have any relationship with those organizations in most cases yeah. yeah, in most cases but they do have they have built a system based on informed consent and I'll let one of you guys talk a bit more about that um, where they can basically pull data from those people. So when they have your logo on their website, what it really means is that they can access your data. doesn't necessarily mean that there's partnership, but there's always been that... Back and forth. Yeah, confusion in the air. But I'm surprised that the tech bros that shouted loudest and first, I expected banks to do that since. Nah, because I don't think there is any risk person who looks at that model of like supplying credentials and won't shout. I don't think the big banks really know like that yet. Hmm. They've not gone mainstream. I know that one of them is in, in talks with, in circle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With, in circles, they know. Those banks, yeah. But I don't think Shagun, for instance, knows that you can connect your GT bank to Fair Money with Mono. Mm. Because first, if you tell Shegun, Shegun will scatter that whole business. Scatter it first, fast. It will take you to the highest levels of the CBN to make sure they scatter it. So yes, no, they don't know them. They don't know. They don't really know them like that. I think what really puts people off is the fact that you have to supply live credentials. Mm-hmm. Especially, Explain what you mean by live credentials. So, essentially, to, to make use of... So, okay, let's start from the beginning, right? Guys like Mono, Okra, Stitch. Um, in, what, in Nigeria? In Nigeria, in Plaid in, in the US. Yeah. What they essentially do is, like, there is a set of developer tools that enable you connect accounts to other third-party providers and via give that an connection give i'll give an example. example via that connection you can then pull data from your customers right so an example would be say carbon i'm a carbon user i want to take a loan from carbon 
Carbon wants to see my finance, my finances, right? They want to know if I'm able to repay their loan. And so what I can then do is I can use Mono to link my Access Bank account to my Carbon profile, right? Mono will then facilitate the movement of my transaction data from Access Bank to Carbon. Carbon then has that information, right? And then they can assess my finances and then take a decision on whether to lend to me or not. The problem is that to make that connection, I have to log, essentially log into my Access Bank internet banking or mobile banking profile via a third party. In this case, Mono's platform, right? So essentially, it's like Mono takes the Access Bank website and says, here, log in with your credentials. Now, this is dangerous for you from a risk perspective because you are imputing your username and password essentially on a platform that is not managed by the bank. your bank, you know. And so it makes people comfortable. Now, these guys try to... Sorry, uncomfortable. <laughs> these guys try to mitigate um, any risks by encrypting this information, right? So could you find it? So not even their own backend yes. developers can see it. But then again, that's just on a deck, you know. Before you know, they might be storing your things. Do you things get? There. But that's besides the point. I don't want to. I'm not here to speculate. Speculate how it's done. My thing is that this whole thing is based on informed consent, and. By informed consent, it means they are telling you, "Hey, I'm using your details to log. You are giving me your details, and I'm going to log in." And this all is, the risk is on you. Yes, this is no different from when people used to make Google Forms and tell CUDA users to put their email and password so they can request card, and they use it to hack their account. It is the same informed content. And the problem there is, for these things to work, um, or for that technology to work, there has to be, say. I'm a bank, I'm GT Bank, and a Stitch is using this thing. If I want to agree to Stitch using this thing, I have to be sure that Stitch is as secure as my own platform. Mm-hmm. And Stitch is not storing, I have to audit Stitch and say Stitch is doing what is necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, these guys, there's because there's no partnership, because no risk, most risk people won't agree. It's now a you're literally putting yourself at at risk. Mm-hmm. You're literally giving your credentials because what if I signed up and I'm a scammer and I signed up for, I built a Ponzi website or a scammer website and with CAC and everything and I signed up and I say, I need access to these APIs and I want to build a thing that siphons your money. And you come on my website, they display the same informed consent thing to you, you connect your account and I'm sucking your money, your thing dry. Yeah, because people are building, so beyond... Um, so like Lalu gave the example of Carbon. Carbon is sort of well-known, established and all of that. You have smaller players like an Inflow, for instance, Inflow that say that they're just going to help you aggregate all your accounts yes. and show your net worth as an individual, right? Now, there can be other players that come up like that with maybe ill intention, which is no such to no Because look point. at it now. Inflow is not a regulated business. Yeah. So they're yeah. not... They are not bound by any rules. You can say carbon is regulated, so they have to act in your best interest. Mm-hmm. Inflow is not regulated. In the guys that Inflow are using are not asking Inflow for any anything any beyond documents. CAC 
mm-hmm. you're a registered business and this and whatever. Mm-hmm. As we've seen from MBA Ponzi and the other Ponzi's, CAC like, is not proof. CAC is not proof of yeah. not ill will. Anybody can get CAC. It's like five k. Yeah. So I can literally do that and set up a front and deceive Mono. And now Mono is, will now not be liable because Mono is not also a regulated thing or Stitch is not regulated because it sits in a very gray area. And the person that the buck will now stop at is the bank. Is the bank. Now the bank will now see it as well. You put in your username and password. For all intents and purposes, we are not we are not liable. It was user like like with card transactions, user details present. So it means you put in your thing, you put in your login pin, put in your two FA, put in your what's it called, your transaction pin, and you transacted. And that is a big risk. So because I saw a lot of the feedback after Bamboo put out that statement, and it was like. Bamboo is not playing well, blah blah blah. They should know they are not mad. But I think is this is something. This is where it's a liability. It's a liability thing. exactly. FinTech needs to grow up and needs to mature. You are no longer just kids doing this thing in your basement. Mm-hmm. There's and real risk there's for real users. Risk. People can lose their livelihood. There are bad actors. Out there, there are very bad actors out there willing to use their thing. Because this is like when Nips, when CBN said Nips should stop giving people VPN access. Yeah. The reason he did that because there was lots of fraud. People were stealing, doing stealing, social engineering, doing social engineering, creating all these fake websites and leveraging on like APIs that are publicly available, and there's no like barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. The big banks, for instance, have APIs to do these things. But like Zinni Bank, if you see the list Zinni Bank gives you for you to access their intra-bank transfer API, it's long. It has to be long. And it's, it's there because of due diligence. Mm, you yeah. need to be sure that this person that is on the other hand is not a bad actor. Because when shit hits the fan, it's going to fall on them. They need to protect themselves. And this whole thing is a general thing with, I guess, with this our younger people not understanding or fintech people not really under because you don't have like traditional experience. You don't understand how these things work. It seems like fintech needs to grow up. There's it's time for people in the ecosystem and in industry to be more mature about these things. Like in the beginning when you start up, you don't really see fraud. And I, and I see it to lots of founders, like once they get into fintech or crypto businesses, in the beginning you're very youthful and rebellious. Once you start getting traction, your fraud controls go up. Your yeah. AML goes up because you see the real risks mm-hmm. that are involved. Like look at Kari Wise with um, that travel girl a couple of years ago where they wiped her account. For me. For me. Yeah, for, yeah. Those are real risks. Bycoins too has, has has had like incidents of like scammers scamming people with crypto. They too have stepped up. They ask for BV and they ask for these things. Because when police comes to your door, and police will come to your door. Or Interpol will come to your door. <laughs> I just felt they need to put out there. Because <laughs> EFCC will come to your door. Because when people are like, oh, Kuda Bank is calling EFCC to, for people. Kuda Bank will not come to call EFCC for people. EFCC will come to your door. EFCC has come to our door and said, I want this account. I want this person. Where is his address? What is his phone number? Give me his IDs that he his used to open. BVN. Give me his BVN. Transactions he has done. Give me his done. transactions he has done. Give me his statement. Then you know it is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... Our compliance guys sleep in cell. Very often. Yeah. Relationship managers sleep in cell. In fact... Very often. When I was in commercial banking, there was a running joke in the office that you are not a full-blown relationship manager until EFCC invites you. Our, f- 
Our fraud guy, they decked him in panty because this one guy scammed another guy. It happens. When that thing is happening to you, I'm not this I'm not the savior of whatever. You have to grow up and be an adult and be like, well shit. Yeah. We have to put these controls in place or else we're going to get get our shit rocked. And and that's the and that's what Bamboo and them are trying to put as like, look, oh, if you do this, I get in trouble and this or they drop your money. It's not on us. Yeah. Disclaimer. Just the big yeah. disclaimer. Because that that comes that they sent out is what they will present if it ever becomes a yeah, legal issue. case. If it ever becomes a legal case, they will say, told Look, you on this day we which... sent out this communication stating clearly that we don't know who these guys are. We don't because I feel like what happens is that everybody gets caught up in the feel good of in building, the hype. Yeah. yeah, in the hype of building and, and, and it's solving nice. problems. It's great. But when you, especially when you are playing in financial services, you have to understand there's a reason why it's such a highly regulated industry around the world. And I think we've said it on this podcast before. Because the work you are doing directly impacts lives. I saw a video one day, a horrible video, an old woman in Delta State, 400k, life savings, gone. How did they do it? Social engineering called her said they are from the bank, provide the OTP, provide this. It moved her money. She went to the ATM, put in her card. Nothing. Balance. Nothing was there. You are dealing with the livelihood of people. You have to be responsible about it, you know. And so, just to put it out there, we're not saying that Mono and Okra are not. No, no don't get me wrong. I'm a product yeah. person. I want to we're use... putting it out there that I think the ecosystem is just getting to a point of maturity where players are dealing with huge volumes of transactions and when you're dealing with those sort of volumes you need to understand that people are behind those numbers and that those people need to be protected yeah so, so like my my what's it called like mono and okra and them haven't done anything wrong yeah uh just my to put my my, yeah. my whole thing is against the commentary mm. around bamboo's reaction mm. it was not the bad reaction and neither is mono building a bad product Usually, the best way to solve this thing is, as Plaid found out, is APIs. Not even just APIs. Working with directly with the banks and saying, yeah. "Hey, this is what I'm trying to do." Yeah. And Mono is trying to do that. Okra are trying to do that. Yeah. They're trying to have these relationships so it can be like. Because I think even what Plaid I meant by APIs, sorry to cut you off, is actually like open banking yeah. APIs. When you are going it. to the banks and saying, "Okay, if you don't want me to do, it, just give me give a direct me. API. I'll validate the customer using whatever credentials you tell me." I should validate them with and I'll get the information safely. Yeah, and I think Plaid has even gotten to a point where I think you can actually see all the people all that are using yeah. your data and you can switch off and switch yeah, on like, who has so access like on my to Bank of data. America I can I can con- manage my Plaid connections. Mm-hmm. Like once I connect something with Plaid, Bank of America sends me an email and be like, You just connected this app with Plaid and you gave your consent on this day at this time. Because yeah. They sent me an OTP. Bank of America sent me the OTP. Do you want to connect to Plaid? Use this OTP. And I'm the one that said put the OTP. So they're saying, I'm just informing you that you have done it. Yeah. These are the other people you've connected to. If you don't remember anyone, remove them. Yeah. yeah. And I think right now, we haven't gotten there yet. Stage, no. Obviously, it's still early yeah. stages. The CBN is really, they are trying to push that open banking framework. Um, I don't have the specific details. I think we talked about it in an older episode. Um, but I think that's also going to help the industry a lot when it comes to this database because data is important, mm-hmm. you know, and users should be able to decide who they want to share their data with, right? We just need to ensure that it is being done the right way. 
um, because there are so many bad actors who are actively trying to take advantage of whatever gaps exist within you know your own security operations yeah so mm. yeah so like what's it called this is a perfect segue especially bad actors to mm-hmm. aml yeah yeah anti-money laundering yeah so cft cftf combating financing of, of terrorism, terrorism. <laughs> now we have to get it right it looks like on one hand it can be like oh because this like the crypto thing is there are different there are different layers or different angles to it there's mm-hmm. the cbn angle which is monetary policy angle remit trying to push remittances towards dollar remittances there's that there's also the actual preventing money laundering angle which is national security level type like cfts national mm-hmm. security thing yeah like people when again i think for for us we are kuda this so this is me speaking as an employee of kuda is this year has been a lot of growing up for us as far as compliance is concerned because as we've grown and as we've seen our customer base grow we've started and transaction volumes grow then you are now becoming a you have to be more responsible. You have to be more responsible. Yeah, you're an established player now. Yeah, an established if things player. go bad, it affects lots yes. of people. Especially with things like terrorism. If somebody is funding terrorism through your system, you are in shit. <laughs> it's an existential risk. And I I feel the need to add that when, when we say AML, CFT, these things weren't drafted in Nigeria. Mm-mm. It's an international, international standard. Countries came together to say, look, we're adopting these standards so that we can stifle the growth of terrorism and money laundering. There's this thing called uh, suspicion transaction reporting that yeah. you have to present to NFIU. NFIU. So basically, so National NF- Financial NF- Intelligence, Intelligence Unit. In so essentially, they work with security agencies to try and identify what could potentially be terrorist activity, blah, blah, blah. Because if for people who are not familiar, a lot of the Middle Eastern, Kini Kini, a lot of the financing was drawn, done through mobile money. If you've probably seen this, is this even this movie? Is it movie? I'll be sure. I think it's sure. Mm-hmm. But the guys like French in France or based in France and they used to top up with airtime in France. I've forgotten the movie, I've forgotten the show. But basically, a lot of these things, they fly through different networks, blah, blah, blah. Banks are culpable or ETC. If they see a banking system, is culpable for facilitating this kind of thing, the country as a whole gets blacklisted. So the central bank of that country puts heavy pressure on the banks in the country to act in line with like global guidelines. Yeah. Now, if somebody does, the average the average Nigerian, and this is me being real here, the average Nigerian doesn't do maybe, in terms of like transaction yeah. sizes, oh, okay. maybe do two million a month. That's even average high. Nigerian. And that's, and, no, that's I'm not average, sorry, that's high. That's like that's <laughs> very high. That's, that's very, very high. high. Two million a month. That's yeah. very very high. If somebody does a hundred million in three days, that's a red flag. An individual, not that's a, a not, not a, a business, account. an individual. That's a red flag, and you have to ask this guy, what are you doing? What is the nature of your business? Especially if it's a material jump from the typical yeah. transaction someone was buying doing two three transactions a day and then the next yeah. day you are doing 55 yeah. this is not the government fighting you it is a compliance thing it's like hello what's going on here 100 transactions in a day come on 
I think another misconception that people have is that because the amounts are small, it shouldn't be a problem. Red flag. It was until when a compliance person told me this thing one day before it clicked for me. Because I had been tackling her and she asked me, she said, Laulu, how much do you think it, it costs to build an IED, an improvised explosive device mm. in this country? A few thousand nairas and you are well on your way to coupling one. So it's not just in the value that, oh, somebody suddenly started doing five. It's not just that alone. Even if it's 5K that the person is just suddenly Look, sending about, even, it can be suspicious. Even this Davido's um, thing, Davido's um, fundraising yeah. thing. If you notice the screenshots, after I got a certain amount, his account, his account got PND yeah. automatically. So PND is personal debit. The debit, debit restriction was put on the account. Yeah. So a lot of these things are there. And it's, it's very, it pains me when... I see people in the industry act like they don't understand the risk. Mm-hmm. Oh, they will. When they get, but when they get to that point, when you get will. there, you understand the risk where your license is at stake. Yeah, it's not a charity. I'm. I need to get paid salary. I'm trying to marry, so <laughs> I cannot. I I can't just be like I'm a defender of this. Like even with crypto, there's also the crypto angle. There's also bad. There are also bad actors with crypto. Yeah, we won't throw it away because they're. I'm not going to throw it because again, you because don't throw, you don't throw it away the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of it is like, okay, everybody should enforce KYC. That's what the crypto people should like bring to the table. Is like, hey, we we'll enforce KYC, blah 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 yeah. blah. On our but end, yeah. if somebody's coming out saying, oh, I don't want to be identified, I'm a youth, I do, I should be able to do hundred million naira in, in a day. <sighs> Especially in countries that have suffered from terrorism. I felt bad for Wizard when I saw his tweets about how like he was being profiled by the, the Kenyan authorities for like his crypto related transactions. But at the same time I can understand it. Of course there's the problem where people will now be over Overzealous. overly heavy handed with been their to Nairobi. If you think people check the checkpoints in the north are bad, checkpoints in Nairobi are and they will tell you everybody, anything you everybody has to come out of the car they'll search it chad Niger, all these countries that have had issues with terrorism it's not funny it's because we're in lagos we forget that there's a war going on in Nigeria, <laughs> and it's a war between terrorists and the military so it becomes it becomes a national security issue these kind of things and once things get to that level everybody has to comply yeah, yeah and if gtb cannot fight it who am i <laughs> yeah no, no, no. Like, I, I saw the reaction around um, the Kuda thing, and we wanted to have a space about it, but it just it just didn't happen. Um, and I felt like some of that reaction was over the top, because what people were now pointing to is Bank of the Free, but now they've started... Yeah, like, people are just being petty, you, and people are being... Yeah, you, I was, I was will like, you stop that? Like, Kuda is competition to me, don't get me wrong, because, I mean, financial services too. But this is something that affects all it's of us. Sta- it's standard. Like, it's so, a standard like, thing in the industry. about transaction, transaction limits. It's like, okay, our transaction, we, we reduce our transaction limits to 5M per day. If you want to do more than 5M, you have to reach out and tell us. Even that you your 5M is high. Even our 5M is Even high. Even your 5M is high. high because because standard some people is about 1 million. 1M. And you know the reason? That some 5M, banks do 500K. And, and that 5M, we even had to fight. It was a debate, heated debate to do that 5M. This CBN, um, this thing for uh, MFBs cannot do more than one M. Nibs is enforcing it. So I'm about to cast myself. Um, like recently, my husband um had he hadn't used his first bank account for like a very long time, and then he went to do a transaction, and then 
first bank did not allow him i think they now what they did was they put a cap so he could only do twenty thousand naira transactions for his first two transactions until they could confirm that it was him transacting on the account so even the most traditional of traditional financial services providers are super super careful because yeah they've been burnt a lot of time and another reason why banks even have to be careful is because if anything should go wrong and customers take you to court we what we say is that judges tend to defer they will just defer to the customer being right it's not just very judgment. often if you change your password on ftx that's a crypto exchange or binance you can't transact for 24 hours yeah yeah. yeah, because so I always I always forget my FTX password. Binance, you have to have Google Authenticator or some Authenticator app. You have to, there's so many like within the security framework, there's so many different layers, and then you have you have to have more than just a password basically. So either you're getting called to get OTP or you're getting the SMS OTP or you're getting OTP from an Authenticator app. There has like the security so, is important. Like I haven't been receiving OTP on my phone number and. I had to take off my phone number on Binance. Same. And they made me record a, a video saying, doing my holding my passport with my name, saying, hello, my name is Susan. Oh so my this God. is my ID. Yeah. I lost my phone number. Please, can you change my... That one is a bit... This, a bit, bi- this is Binance. It's a bit... Binance <laughs> of crypto fame. Yeah. <laughs> I can, if, if Binance is doing that, how much more... Yeah. yeah. I get you. Anyways, rounding up. Any... I think... No final thoughts. I think, yeah, what's it called? Financial services are very regulated. It's yeah. a very regulated business. For a reason. And it's for a reason. Yeah. It's very easy for someone's life to be finished. If you hack my my Facebook or my Twitter, what's the worst that will happen? But if a wallet was linked to that Facebook and what's Twitter? Exactly. It changes everything. If you can hack my bank account, it changes everything. Yeah. And it is important for us to difference to split the government or regulators acting in good faith and doing their job with from when they actually do things that you don't agree with that it's not necessarily in bad faith it's just a terrible approach to something yeah so we can say we don't agree with how cbn handles monetary policy we don't agree in error we don't agree with in error <laughs> but there's a basis a sound basis that can be debated but there's a sound basis for going that route. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything is someone out to get you. Yeah. And it's very important for, for people in the industry to understand that you are not rebelling. You cannot be rebellious with people's money. Yeah. It is. All right. Till the next episode. Thank you for listening and catch you. Yeah.